You're listening to Wicked Thoughts, a podcast by Flair Castro. This show helps founders and professionals understand business trends, social media, digital lifestyle, and how to be a better entrepreneur. For season four, we cover topics powered by a dash of social. Let's start learning in three, two, one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to season four of Wicked Thoughts. So our guest for today is Javier Lorenzana. He is the co-founder and CEO of Upnext, where they accelerate professionals for the digital age. Hi there, Javier. It's, it's Javier. <laughs> oh, that, I asked you last time and I was like, Javier. <laughs> it's Javier. You can call me Javi in the conversation. Okay, Javi is fine. Okay. Hi, Javi. I'm sorry about that. I didn't know you had a preference for your name. It's no okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's when we were talking to, I, I was I, I was nervous when I, when I called you Flair because I wasn't <laughs> sure about it Yeah, us and our weird names, right? But yeah. Javier, yeah. Please, please do introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, so hi, everyone. Great to be on this podcast. Shout out to Flair for you know including me here. I'm honored to be a guest. But yeah, I'm Javi. I'm 21, so still technically a college student, and I'm building Up Next. So Up Next is a career accelerator for the digital age. So what we do is we train individuals, teams. Mm. You know, if this is where you can really find the curriculum you know, and just the community to succeed in whatever is up next. So we have some really amazing people in our community. Flair, you know, is, is one of them too. Um, you know, they're working in places like Apple, Binance, and some of the best startups here. So yeah, thanks so much, Flair, for inviting me again. Really happy to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure, Javi. So um, before we delve into the things that we want to talk about for the pod, for, for this episode, um, I want to know how you came up with up next. Because you're still, are you still in school, Ma? Yeah, yeah. You're a college I, student. I, I still technically am a student. Uh, I'm on a bit of a, I'm on a gap year um, right now. Mm. So, we're, but this has been like taking basically all of my time. So, yeah. It seems so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how I, I guess how we came up. Well, if you're asking about the specific moment, it's kind of dumb, right? It, it was just, I Why? guess. Well, I, I have this funny story I tell the people about the exact moment when it happened because Okay, I was so. just eating spaghetti. I clearly remember I was just eating some spaghetti with my family in the living room. And then I get the idea, you know, we had already been working on different types of projects. Um, mm. And it sort of just came together. And I dropped my fork and then I start, I just start laughing. And I, I come into my room and, and I contact my co-founder to be, and it just like started from there, right? Um, I can give you, that was, that was, I guess, the moment. But I think the funny, the, the, the real story was, you know, prior to my prior to that, you know, in, in as a university student, I was it was really struggling to find, I guess, the right people who had the same career goals as me. Right? I think when you're in a place like university, you kind of end up going with the flow. You know, it's so easy to, to fall into the, the herd, so to speak, end up in something like a corporate job or doing other projects. Right. And I think that's fine for some people. But if you're more you know, for those of I guess, like for me, at least I just wanted something more. Um, I already, you know, built up a base of startup experience back here and it, it was just really about, Hey, you know, I can't really find the necessary curriculum and connections that I need. And I came back to the Philippines, um, taking that one, take that gap year, um, from university. And 
it sort of just blossomed there. You know, I, I did a few, I actually did a podcast. I think what's interesting oh, is did. that, hmm. I think what's interesting is that Up Next actually started as podcast. So it started as an attempt at content creation for myself, right? The podcast. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it, it helped me. The reason for that is the podcast helped me sort of give me one, the confidence that I could reach out to all these great entrepreneurs. So we have like, you know, really different stories, um, great people there. Um, and it gave me, it also gave me the courage that I could build an audience, right? So we had, uh, I think about 500 um, listeners per episode and they were like about the same ones going back. And, you know, from there it was like, okay, now that we have this and let's transition to something else. We started writing a newsletter and eventually it started becoming a community. And then that's where it sort of became more the course like, so yeah, I guess that's a a rather wow. <laughs> wow, lengthy, but uh, it gave me some context about how you came up with Up Next. So was this a year ago or a couple of, or when did you start Up we Next? We started Up Next this March, so March 2021. So Just very, this year? Yeah, we're very new. Amazing. Um, it's It's been a bit weird to see the progress in, I think, six, seven, I think, seven, yeah, seven months now. Uh, yeah, exactly today, March like 15, right? So... Mm. It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. You had seven months of startup experience. Yes. Was this the first for you for like building a startup or you had, you mentioned you had an experience before. What, what, yeah. what was it? Well, before it was more, you know, internships. Um, oh. You know, while I was in college, I was grinding multiple um, startup internships. So it, it was a, mm. yeah, and, and, and it's sort of in these different roles too. So product. I did a lot of marketing. I did a lot. I did some operations work. Um, so, and intentionally so, I really wanted to try different aspects of a business um, because, you know, I really just wanted to learn um, those different facets. So, yeah. And that what was, was the on a few side projects, but yeah. Oh, for sure. But what was the first parang problem that you encountered wherein you said, now, really, I need to build up next? What was that? Parang moment. I know it was when you were eating and all, <laughs> but which specific problem you encountered in college? Na parang really, I have to build this thing. Yeah, it's that's a great question. So I, I can't say that it was a specific moment where I realized it was a huge problem, but mm-hmm. it was something that had been developing me throughout the years. Um, I guess just for context, right? I started interning at startups when I was fifteen. Um, and, you know, from there, I really did different internships every year. Again, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. trying different things. But mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, some internships were better than others. And some internships I didn't really do oh. too much. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, okay, so I had an idea. Okay, some experiences are way better than others. Right. And, mm-hmm. and some internships I did. Well, I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't get like that much value from it. Um, and when I got to university, it was, okay, I'm probably, you know, I, I kind of knew myself, right? I'm someone who's relatively entrepreneurial, but then, you know, I started finding myself, you know, gearing towards the life, let's say in, in investment banking or consulting, like you usually mm-hmm. do if you're a, a corporate, right? As you usually do. And I think, you know, it was in that year where I was sort of processing. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, in my second year, you know, I, I had the 4.0 GPA. I had, you know, all these internships. I had a really great internship lined up um, at a really great firm also. Um, and then it sort of paused. I was like, man, what am I doing? I was kind of burnt out. I was thinking, is this really the path I want to take? And it sort of got the point where I realized, hey, you know, I bet a lot of other people are feeling this way. 
you know, they don't find, they don't want to necessarily stay in that, you know, structured system. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're filtered in, you have this, these gatekeepers in university, right? So I was thinking, hey, there has to be a really a better way to, to do this. And that's where I think that at the end of the day is, is, the, is the need or the problem we're trying to address, right? Yeah, oh, that's so cool. And you had this whole network from your initial podcast, and that's yeah. where you started reaching out to speakers who could possibly be the first mentors in Up Next. So, did you have some sort of first event with Up Next, or like some sort of first official cohort under the startup? How did you validate it? Yeah, yeah. So it was really, it, it was it was a really big sprint, right? So we we got the idea. I think around mid-March and the first mm-hmm. cohort launched exactly a month later. So that whole mm-hmm. time we're like, okay, how do we, re- how do we make all the sessions? How do we make sure all the people are engaged? You know, what's, what's the good student journey and all of those things. It's, it was a mad, I think I would use sprint, but it's also, you know, it's, it's really about just being super focused on, you know, who's coming in here. So we got, yeah, we had like, we already had the community, um, I have a bunch more stories about like how I built, I guess, like my own little community, my pocket community, I guess. And then like it sort of came together with, you know, all the people we invited. But it was just, it was just a lot of hard work, a lot of cold messages. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that first event? Is it related to marketing or social media or what was it about? The first cohort we ran was actually for founders. Right. So founders, oh, founders. That's cool. the reason, yeah, the reason why is because I wanted to learn just, I wanted to learn how to be a startup founder myself. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, I think I could took a few courses on entrepreneurship and university, but I mean, they're, they're just so disconnected from what's actually happening. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to learn straight from the people who were there. Right. So we got a few, you know, Y Combinator founders. We got a few people from the Teal Fellowship, um, HSBC, Facebook, Google, all these different speakers that we had collected, right? And it just it just clicked together, right? And and I'm really happy with like all the connections and friends that I've made through throughout next year. So yeah. Gosh, and you know, like you've run this for just seven months and you have such growth in traction. Uh, Are you are you happy with how you you you're running things right now? I mean your speed, you know. I would tell you, like, it could definitely be better. There are a lot of things um, that we can improve on for sure. But what I'm most happy with is really just the the people who are who are here with us, right? I mean, whether it's the mentors, whether it's some of the really experienced mm-hmm. people who are, you know, just just love the problem we're solving and who can offer advice to our students. For sure, even the students, right? Like, I can say um, that because we're so aligned in, I guess, you know, what they want. Um, the careers, the types of careers they want, the things they're into, like, you know, digital skills, internet stuff, right? I, I've made a lot more friends. I've made so many friends and so many meaningful connections here um, compared to, like, other places, right? Like, like school or, or things like that. So, yeah. Or your internships. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> more value in building your own thing. That's amazing. So really? I mean, I'm just overwhelmed with how you, how you were able to do all this in seven months. How big is your team? Oh yeah, so we must are, be a lot helping you for sure. Yeah, we are we are two full time founders. Um, so we're basically working on this full time, right? My co founder is also you know student. She funny funnily enough, she also had this major career path to go into law, 
So oh. very structured. But even she had that same realization where it's like, hey, I want something that I actually want. That's something more self-directed. Um, and, and so she's o- at your own pace, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So two full-time founders. And then we just have the two other people helping us out. And then mm-hmm. part-time. And there's there's still students, actually. Our first, I guess, like, quote-unquote hires were students from our cohort. And mm-hmm. we're really, really happy they, they stuck with us. So, yeah. That's amazing. It's just like going, you know, you have this whole pocket community, but they're also the ones who are helping you. They end up being your your hire and all. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really interesting. How, what, what do you do with the platform? Are you... Um, creating an MVP is the is it code based or generally just a community how are you like are you the CTO do you have a CTO I know yeah. you're the CEO so yeah, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the CEO um I'm technically the one who does all of the technical work also so. you're also the CTO okay yeah um <laughs> we built everything you know we have a platform we have websites obviously the application everything is all neatly integrated into this um, I built it with no-code tools, so shout out to no-code tools. Oh, amazing! Really quick, um, and yeah, right. So it's it's been really fun to learn uh, while building and just like go through this whole experience. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, so when I visited, when I first visited your site, you have some you had some familiar faces that you know probably they were part of the first cohort, the founders. Um, cohort that you have but you also have just recently the social media marketing cohort and right. I guess that's how we met <laughs> you know <laughs> it's social media marketing and that's what we're doing at content dash so how did you come up with saying now okay this will be the next cohort that we will do with social media marketing that's a that's a great question and I, I think before I can say exactly how we decided on yeah. social media marketing Mm-hmm. There's just really I I had a conversation the other day with with Dexter from Ooh, Dexter. from Swarm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so shout out to Dexter. Uh, Hi Dexter. <laughs> this way, and basically he mentioned that you know the next I guess generation of the so to speak credential or education you know the actual I guess signal right that will be very important for students and people who want to upskill for the digital age is it's really going to be industry driven. Right. So it's going to be demand driven, but from the industry side. So, you know, we looked at the specific markets that the specific, I guess, verticals, if you want, or careers where, you know, there are generally a lot of people in it, but it's not very structured. Um, you know, the, the practices aren't always the best. Even with us, we had our own issues hiring for social media. I guess even for us, right? We were at the stage where, okay, we want to build our brand online. We tried it out with a few people who, um, you know, we're like, at least like marketers with us and it, it's difficult, right? It's difficult. It's, there's a lot more nuance and technicalities that I, I think a lot of people overlook. And I think there's also this stigma where marketing is just like, oh, it's just marketing, right? There, there seems to be that stigma, which I never really got, especially since I entered in those roles before. Um, so we started with, with that, right? What's, What's something a lot of people are already into, but what's something that the industry needs a lot of? Right? And, mm-hmm. and I think naturally from my experiences with my podcast and just like, you know, going into all these conferences and internships before, I, I connected with Chris Starr, who is our director for that. Yeah. Company. Yeah. And we agreed. He's a podcast host in Tech in Asia. I guess somewhat of a startup influencer. Like mm-hmm. other people. Hi, Chris. Influencer. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess that's how we decided it. Cool, cool. And since it was Chris who proposed or probably like connected with you to create the social media marketing cohort, and I actually saw like the list of you know topics that were covered. Generally, how was it for you? I know, are you already did did it already wrap up this cohort or it's still ongoing? So we're on the second. Still ongoing. Third week. Mm-hmm. Next week will be the third week. Yeah. And how was Chris managing all this? I should I should have asked Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I had an interview with him last week. Yeah, oh, he was yeah. he was yeah. my guest. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't able to ask him about the cohort, so I'll just ask you. <laughs> you can talk to me about that. You can talk. <laughs> you have yeah. yeah. So. So how, mm, Go ahead. Yeah, Chris has been really great. Um, obviously, Chris is someone who's been in this space for you know ten plus. Oh yes, true. Worked with like so many brands, as he's probably told you. I bet the audience also knows some of the brands he's worked with, right? And it was so he, he's just a great teacher, right? And even for me, like I guess this whole experience is sort of me building like an education where I learn the things I want to learn. Like I really wanted to learn. Okay, how do you be one a good marketer? And to build your brand with more social, you know, on social media, right? get social leverage, build up, build up your credibility on on different platforms. So he, he's he's just been great in you know determining. For what sure, we're yeah. And you know, for us as startup founders, and I'm I'm not sure if you saw this around trend on Twitter. There's always what they call the startup Twitter, right? Um, yeah. People posting about their startup ideas. Posting about things that go trending. They apparently go trending. I mean, no, I mean, it's unfair. How do we do that? Is this something that you teach at the at your SMM cohort? So so I think that's where the community side definitely comes in, right? I guess mm. being more responsive to trends. Um, mm. we have a forum on the up next. Um, platforms and that's where people can really say oh here are new terms uh, here are new things that are happening new trends you know I think the other day Chris posted a lot about we had very in-depth discussion when Facebook went down and sort of the ramifications of that I I think it's really interesting to see Um, I bring up community because that's really you know how people continue to stay updated I think that's a big part of the learning experience right like for me personally even though we're, we're out here building the curriculum I still right. learn, let's say, like 80 or 70% of the things that I know just by talking to, to all the different students and, and instructors in the cohort, right? So and listening to the community. Through them, yeah. you know, through them that I continue to get updated and through each other, right? They, they support each other, um, you know, give each other feedback. And mm. like yeah. yeah. So you have both, um, you build the platform, but generally it's being, you know, uh, you you build the platform as a seed and then parang the community around it is what really made it grow, diba? And mm-hmm. then from the community as well, you learn about tips and tricks and also trends. You mentioned yes. na si Chris, he was able to discuss with the students about the outage of Facebook, which was really a big thing. Even for me, I had to send out like an email blast just to talk about it no? to, to, to the content that content dash users so any other things that you know the smm cohort were able to discuss give us a, give us an idea some of the things na parang it was mentioned here but you wish a lot of people knew about it okay can you repeat the questions <laughs> yeah i was asking like 
Um, are there things discussed in your SMM cohort that you wish, let's say, other founders know about social media? Hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, um, I think off the top of my head. Um, like maybe how to use Twitter aside from just you know, ranting about the latest bug you found in your code. I don't know. Right, right, there, yeah. There's always the build-in-public movement. I'm not sure if you saw that. Right? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is a build-in-public movement. I, I, I guess I, I can't pull off the, I guess, the most important one off my head. I can tell you the most recent one. Um, yeah, which go ahead. Yesterday, actually. So yesterday, one of our activities as a cohort was for the students to actually do a live stream, I'd say, on like Kumu. Right. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Chris and, posted about it. Yep. Yeah. And even us, you know, as a founder myself, I've been wanting to do like things like content, things like live events. Yes. And it's yes. always it's always seemed like such a such a hassle or such a big deal to do because you have to fix all these moving parts. But seeing the participants, you know, they made it just two days so after it was announced, right? And just seeing them go through that, and like even us to some extent having to prepare for that, it's it's we underestimated the ease. I think of live streaming and the impact it can also have um, on, on your brand, right? I think it's about mm. finding, uh, I think if your brand is more, you know, Filipino-centric, it definitely live streaming on Kumu could work really it well. It would make sense. I think that yes. was the most recent thing that, that I picked up right from, the, from the cohort too. Sure. And it, it, is it really as easy as like turning on your camera and then doing something live? <laughs> Since it's live streaming, I mean... It's, it's so easy to create content nowadays. I mean, it's not just Kumo, diba, but also TikTok. Are, are you making sure that, let's say, Up Next has presence across all social media? How are you managing it right now? I'm wondering. That's a great question. Um, so it's, it's funny, right? Because we're taking the social media cohort along with the other students, and we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Um, like, how <laughs> through this right we, we did it we did it for founders and it, it seemed to at least be working out so like why not do it social media too um I, i'd say how we manage it is i think it's really focusing just on those few um so those those few platforms where you get the most conversions yes already. I, I i think like you can agree that you have to be very data driven and very i think that's where it, it comes from right the, the technical side of marketing which all mm. which is you know testing just like different types of ads i know in our small group right i was in a discussion one of our um one of our participants from um Akadarina, they're they're another startup right they, they test like multiple multiple ads and we had a discussion where i have another friend who has an e-commerce company and they run 57 consecutive ads all at the same just time test. Mm. Just test each keyword test each demographic and things like that right and it's it's very it's very technical more technical than i thought right so that's something we're trying to adopt um, consistently, you know, just testing which platforms, which messaging, you know, and, and, and things like that. Mm. Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Of course. Um, but which, uh, right now, which platforms make most, I mean, you made most, made more sense, I mean, for up next to be on? Facebook and Instagram, which was very mm. surprising for me, which is very, very surprising to me because I came up with the impression that I thought I was going to be either Twitter LinkedIn. Yeah, I thought it's going to be Twitter. Twitter, LinkedIn. Yeah. Twitter because, you know, that's where the community, um, they find yeah, each other. Yep. LinkedIn um, because that's more professional, right? And we, and we use courses that are, you know, helping people with their professional goals and, and mm -hmm. communities, right? And then even TikTok. I was expecting like, you know, okay, TikTok, maybe we might have some like, <laughs> people who, who yes. want to do that. 
it's really interesting though. Facebook and Instagram were by far, right? When I when I look when we look at the data, it's by far like the mm. ones most conversions. Yeah. Yeah, and for sure you got a lot of leads there for the SMM cohort. And we yeah. sent some your way as well. Yes. <laughs> I hope they signed up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I can talk to you, I can talk to you about that later. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you also do for up next, basically you do B2B retraining for all these tech roles. Can you expound about that? Thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, that's something <laughs> we're that's something we're planning on doing more of, right? Mm, I see. When we started this, we thought it would be more for you know professionals who want to shift careers and be marketers. And we have a, and and let's say students, right? Who are currently working at startups and like they want to they want to get to the next level or something. We have a few of those, so I think there are multiple from students like you know Atenea, UP, and then there are others who you know shifted from being let's say like a preschool teacher and now mm-hmm. they're they're in, they're 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 learning the ropes, being more technical, data driven, and now we're like matching them with different startups, right? Who are mm-hmm. Were, were recruiting for those roles. But then we realized something interesting, which is that companies were sell, were sending their teams um, to us and like having us like basically train them. It, it really feels like, and, and these were startups and you know, more traditional companies, which is really interesting. Mm. Right? So for the startups, it's okay, let's train our people to have more, you know, just more updated skills and things like that. And for companies, it's like, okay, let's find a way to make our social media practices more relevant to, to the age we're in now, right? So that's a little bit about what we're doing and we're definitely exploring that more. Right. So, yeah. But then, this, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But if right now your model is doing per cohort, do you plan to also do something more, I don't know, intimate or more private for these um for these startups or yes. for these B2B companies. So like yeah. on demand, right? Yeah, yeah. We're 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 considering um doing it as separate tracks. So on the one hand, we have the our, our cohorts are, are so a big part of what we do, right, is I guess for context, is we really have to screen the people who come into the community. That's why right. our application process is is, is two-step. So there's like an interview and the mm-hmm. written segment. And that just helps mm-hmm. us filter out the people who would really be um, driven. Right, and software community, right? Um, and so a big part of that proposition is that, hey, okay, you know, companies come in, you can retrain your people and they get to rub shoulders, right? With some of the, you know, big people in the industry, right? Like one of our students right now was, I'm, I'm a hope, I hope I can say this. <laughs> one, of our, one of our students right now was, let's say like ex-Apple, right? And when I saw it, like, whoa, okay. This is like a different level than we expected. And then we saw some more coming in from some like top FMCGs, some people who were building their own agencies. And I was like, huh, wow, okay. So like it we be from like a huge applicants pool, we really um just like narrowed it down to the top 20. So yeah. And it's something I will talk to you about after this for sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But yeah, so okay, on to the next one that we can talk about, like how are your students learning social media? We love the, we love project-based learning, right? So whenever we have our cohorts, whether it's founders, we're doing social media marketing. We also have things like tech sales, which is another thing. Um, Mm. It's always, they're always working on something already, whether it's, you know, building up their portfolio, whether it's building up a specific page, so we, you know, at the beginning, we're like, okay, 
do you have, let's say, a social media page you want to build up? Do you have a brand that you want to build up? And from there, the rest of the cohort is adding pieces to it so that they're that which directly relates to their project, right? So in the first week, okay, let's say make a make a full-blown market analysis of the brand, right? I mean, like that was something that was really cool. In the in just mm-hmm. the first week, it's a full lecture on just like you know, straight up marketing in general, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's applied applied to their own brand to their own projects and then next week it's like okay which platforms which posts to make etc right so it's it's really stacking on to the project um mm. not no ver- barely any theory just all application and all learning by doing so yeah do you tell them to use specific platforms or are they free to explore whichever works for the project they're working on how does it yeah. How does yeah, it work? they're free to explore which we thought was a bit of a risk because you know it, it's easy it seems- yeah. It's structured to just teach Facebook. But I think social media is so much more open-ended um, than just that. You know, you can build your brand on different platforms. Like some you can build some companies would do really well on Facebook, let's say, but they also mm-hmm. others would do really well on let's say like LinkedIn, right? And and you can't you can't sort of plan ahead for that. You sort of just have to test that and plug away at it, right? So we chose to make it more open-ended and and just like supplement the fact by that they're, they're a community and that they teach each other as well. So, yeah. It's true. And speaking of planning ahead, I know that's what we're doing at Content Dash. Like, you have yeah. these content or campaigns that you want to plan ahead for, but really, we're not telling you to use a certain platform, right? It's just to just plan. So, yes. just just curious, is it does it make sense for these, let's say, brands or startups to to plan ahead? I mean, knowing what you know right now from the from the program or from the cohort that you had? That's a, okay, that's a great question. I think normally I would have said like, of course you should make a plan. Um, <laughs> I think it's like a lot more than that. I think you should have a general, a very clear direction, right? Yep. With, with, you yep. need to have a strong strategy, you know, need to know who your market is and generally trend there. But I think a lot of people make the mistake of over planning to the point mm-hmm. where you can't really react to, you know, let's say, oh, I have this plan. Let's say at the start, I have this plan, you know, let's go Facebook full blown. And, and you have this plan to do that. But then let's say, you know, you start getting traction in Instagram, right? If you plan too constrictively, I think you start to lose, like lose opportunities. And it's, mm-hmm. I think with social media, the biggest mindset I've learned is really to keep rethinking, right? To mm-hmm. keep, you know, going back to, okay, what are my higher level objectives? You know, how can I keep uh, tweaking? How can I keep iterating? How can I keep being more data driven and finding the right answers? So mm. that's a process we're going, we're definitely going through and it's not easy, but I mm-hmm. think it, in the, in the long term, it's, it's going to work out. Right. That, that's, that's where true. I'm at right now. No, don't take my word for it though. But yeah. No, really. I mean, that insight makes sense because I mean, for us, since we have been running an agency for so long, it's always, sometimes the brands have to look at the, the other angle, which is consistency because it's good that, you'd be able to test out a lot of things. Of course, because that's what social is about. Nothing is really like final in social media. One thing could be trending today, next day, it, it might not be the trending topic anymore. That's why, you know, there are instances wherein I've seen ads who are looking for meme content creator, you know. Because <laughs> these memeists, I'm not sure if they call it that, but these are the type of content that bring in you know, the eyeballs that you might want or the engagement that you might want in your page. But for me, 
I think especially with how we're building content dash right now, it's the consistency that you're trying to like really pin down, like just be consistent. Even if you try to experiment next week, the next day, as long as you have that, that uh, habit in place, that would really help you with your social media marketing. How, how do you, I'm curious, like how do you guys approach, you know, the consistency with the testing mindset? Like do you have any insights? Like I, I want to definitely learn from you. you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're putting me in a corner here. <laughs> 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 But yeah, but that's actually something to think about because when we say consistency, here's how I would answer that. I mean, if you were my client or my customer, let's just have that role play. Um, if you were asking about how to focus on testing versus having that consistency, I would say stick with a weekly theme. Let's say for this month, you're, we're um, heading towards the holidays, right? So maybe for um, in the next couple of weeks or next uh, the next four weeks, you would have consistent themes. Let's say you pick two days of the week, and then they are uh, they. You have a theme for each of the days. So maybe the first uh, chosen day, you would think about testimonials from your students who are happy about the mm -hmm. social media cohort, right? So mm -hmm. social marketing cohort. So you can feature um, testimonials from your students, but then let's say on the second day, you would stick to another theme, which is, let's say, a featured founder for your next cohort. So now you have two consistent themes every week in the next four weeks. You create the consistency from there, but we're not saying that you are not going to experiment on the rest of the days because, remember, you have the other five days of the week to experiment. So the, experiment, uh, the experimentation comes in via either the content that you post on the other days or it could come from the ads that you are going to run and test. Gosh. So, yeah, so have that consistency, but also, of course, experiment on your other con content. Even the platform, you still have to experiment that. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. That's I, what I, I think, though. Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I appreciate that. <laughs> no, not really. I loved answering that. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense, too. <laughs> of course, <laughs> because that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do create right with content dash it's the habit of creating and that's right. that's and valuable that, yeah that, that's what I really love also like the, the fact that you can have structured campaigns but also have the flexibility to the other other experiments I think that's very like well built in also to the, the platform yes so yes yet. exactly <laughs> yeah so eto um Javi what's next for up next <laughs> what's next for up next we, we, we keep saying I, I think at the start um when we when we made up next like I always said what's up next and it just got so old oh, what's up next i love that play it was i kept saying it and it became it, it wore out very fast i think well what's next is we just be speaking of consistency we want to be really consistent to the mission right which is really you know giving other people more direct routes to getting the careers they want right whether mm -hmm. that's in social media whether it's in things like sales or being an, their own entrepreneur even HR, right? We, we, we want to expand to different verticals and different types of careers and really just build a network where, you know, people can find each other, learn from each other uh, and, and succeed in whatever is up next. So, yeah. That was so wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Oh, oh, phrase right there. That's yeah. what's next for up next. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, I'll insert this, because parang ano lang. Um, curious to know, uh, do you plan on 
on adding, let's say, parang topics. I, I'm not sure if si Chris was able to propose this one, but maybe for the social media marketing cohort, the next one, do you plan to also include the mention of mga memes? Because like I mentioned kanina, parang I'm really curious why these job openings are cropping up. Na parang they're hiring people who can create memes. I'm not sure if you saw that, but... That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like there are expert mm, parang there are expert meme content creator and then they start hiring these guys do you think it will we're gonna lose jobs because they, these businesses <laughs> prefer memes <laughs> I think that's how really how do we plan how do we plan <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's anything it's, it's, it's missing jobs it, my first reaction to that is probably because you have these you know more millennial and Gen Z people entering you know companies target markets yes Right, which is Gen Z is definitely built on meme culture, um, you know, TikToks, all of these, you know, quick funny. Yes. Right? Yes. I I don't think like content creators will lose will, like lose jobs or anything. <laughs> of course not, right? I, I think it's just going to adapt how just the the nature of content is going. But even even us, right? So one thing we really want to start doing is you know more micro content, whereas before you would have seen you know more lengthy, let's say like eight minute videos. Or something like that it's really about just embracing you know people do have people do want information really quick right and that's just the nature of, of where where it's trending right now for sure um we we had a conversation about this the other day um believe it or not like meme, meme culture with one of our small groups so one of our participants oh. um what they do is you know esports um and, and and yeah basically it's an esports um league in, in the philippines for for collegiate players right it's called Academia. So yes, should... I've heard no, of Akadarina. He actually that's... liked my tweet as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's interesting, right? Because a big thing of what they do, targeting Gen Z audiences for sure. Mm-hmm. It's really making memes, more of those short form content. We we had a discussion on you know how they're planning to approach that. And it's really, I think the thing with memes is that you really need to know your audience well. Right. If if you if you make memes that they can't memes are very oh gosh if you know you know right if, it's like if you know, you know if you <laughs> yes. don't, so if you're not your target audience and you're making <laughs> let's say I were to make memes for esports I don't play video games right like I don't you play, don't why I'm kidding. I play I'm just <laughs> I'm what just, um right so like that would be super I would just make a bad meme I like they would fire me. Straight up, I couldn't make good memes for for gamers. I'll be like, "Yeah, guys, you know, let's play, let's play Dota." Did I don't know? <laughs> right? So, oh my gosh. I hope I don't get hate for this. By the way, I play like you won't. I play FIFA and NBA. Like those are my games. <laughs> yeah. And then imagine you making a meme out of those, Diva. That it would yeah, exactly. it wouldn't be relevant for. <laughs> no, no, no. So it's. I think I think that's the direction, right? It's really building authentic connection to your audience, and that starts by knowing them and just by being one of them as well. So, that's so it's like you're saying, yeah, I know, right? So it's like saying that you should not be forcing yourself to make meme content on social yeah. media when you don't know your audience, yeah, like, because if you would try and force it, you would be really cringy yes. and very. <laughs> That would be very bad. <laughs> and you would really be corny and no one's gonna follow your page anymore. But yeah, parang hugot lang siya because I see a lot of Squid Game memes ngayon and 
you know, even the pages that are, you know, supposed to be B2B, they're posting Squid Game related stuff. And I'd be like, okay, maybe. <laughs> What? Yeah. I mean, like, definitely, like, it depends on your audience, what your audience is into. Like, if you were, let's say, you know, Rolex and your target was older people, you know, people. Oh, gosh. And you post Squid Game stuff, that would be. Very bad, I think. <laughs> you would fire. You would fire your social media creator or your intern, yeah. whichever. Yeah. <laughs> Posted that. Be, that would not be good. <laughs> But for me, ha, um, if, if I could add it in, the value, because you mentioned Gen Zs and millennials being more on top mm-hmm. of what's trending, and this is also something that we have to look into as parang practitioners of social media in B 2 B, because. Right these generations are actually the ones who know the algorithm more. And because you guys know the algorithm more, you'd be the one to uh, correctly consult about things that would work if you bring it into the context of B2B. That's what I think. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Interesting observation. I will, I will, I'm, write, I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm saying that there's value in what Gen Zs know. They know how to man- manipulate the algorithm. They know how to make it work, how to make things trending. So for me, if you're going to hire um, people who would manage your social media, it's the younger generations because they know the platforms more. For me, but just bring it into the context of B2B. Yun lang. That's the actual challenge where the other older practitioners might be able to come in. Yon. <laughs> What do you mean by going more B2B? Like maybe do more B2B programs or like? No, it's actually more like these uh, creators, you mga social media practitioners that you are training, like teach them how to bring that into the context of B2B. Like they know this. They already know these algorithms. They know how to play it, diba? But how do you bring that so that it would help these startups or these businesses, diba? Parang iibahin mo yung context that it would... Still be relevant for the page, but it's being um, manipulated to right. work in these algorithms for these platforms. So, parang yeah. ganun. Yeah. yeah. So, yung kulang siya na chika ha. So, yun. Yeah. I think it's interesting though. I, I think that, that uh, you, you mentioned something that I, I was really interested in because we had a discussion about this in our Up Next small group as well. I, I think there is a misconception that it's the younger generations who know the algorithms better. We're the ones who use social media oh, more. Tell me. Because I, I think, yeah, I think I, I, if, if, if I'm making any sense, I might not make sense for a lot of people, but I know like for us in my family, I'm not the one who uses TikTok the most. It's actually like my dad. And when what? my dad yeah. And when my dad sees like all these different like restaurants or like, let's say that he finds like a local restaurant or like a local, I guess, you know, product, he's going to be the one to, to get it. And he is the decision maker on that, right? Like for, our, oh. for I'm not going to tell my family where to eat. I, I, I don't like have all that power, right? But if it was someone like him, right, then that's really meaningful. Now, I, I, I think there are a lot more studies of this. Um, But I don't think it's just Gen Z and millennials who are the biggest consumers of social media. Um, there are like a lot of, I guess, Gen, I don't want to get this wrong. Oh. The older, older than <laughs> X. I think it's Gen X, right? X. Yes, <laughs> X and the boomers, I think. <laughs> exactly. We're on there too. So 
it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see. I, I think that's a misconception, especially here in the Philippines, right? Where it's very social. Everyone's super social. Yes, wow. yeah. We all are. Although there are people who prefer to be on stealth mode on social. But, you know, yeah, there yeah. are people like that. But generally, I mean, you can see the whole population. They're always on their phones. They're using Facebook mostly and right. being very out there on Instagram, especially in this pandemic, you know. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But interesting to geek out about it with you. So, yeah, yeah this is fun. So, yeah, before we wrap up, Javi, um, I ask all guests about this one. So leave me with one w- wicked thought. Oh man, I'm nervous. The most evil, I'm kidding. Not the most evil, but one thing that you want to leave leave our listeners go. Is it okay if I think about this? <laughs> <laughs> think wicked, yeah, go. Wicked Some thought. wicked thought perhaps about how you're serving um, how you're serving professionals via up next? Well, yeah, in, in that case, I think wicked thought. Your community matters so much more than the curriculum you get when it comes to just the opportunities you're able to access, just the things you learn. Right? I think I, I brought this up earlier. I, I can say this for the people in the cohort too. Like eighty percent of what I've been learning, of what everyone's been learning, is really just from talking to other people. And if your community is not very, you know, not very driven, not very, you know, not very, they don't really look for those opportunities. I think that can lead you one way. But if you have a community full of smart people backing you up, right, I think that's very meaningful. And, and that's going to lead to a lot more growth than, than you just like watching videos on, on YouTube. So if, if you're looking for, for a place like that, then definitely check out Up Next and what we're building. We're building more cohorts for, you know, different types of careers. So definitely check it out <laughs> and that's javi lorenzana everyone with his wicked thoughts so yeah and thank you javi thank you for being our guest here i really appreciate it yeah, this yeah, is so be- yeah so before we go um tell us where to find you or what's your website i'm go. most active on twitter so i'm at javi lorenzana yes on twitter um up next is join up next i also have a have a bit of a blog that I haven't updated in a while. Um, it's Lorenzana. So that's my last name, lorenzana.substack.com. If you want to check out, I guess, like our old podcast, which is what turned into the bookcast, uh, into the into up next. The podcasting is the bookcast. Um, you can find, I'm sure Flair will include the, the links there. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Abby. Bye-bye. And that was the latest episode from Wicked Thoughts. This season is sponsored by The Company Co-Working Space in Cebu and Content Dash, a simple and fast social media content planner. Sign up for a free account at www.content-app. Tune in for more Wicked Conversations right here at Wicked Thoughts.